Welcome into The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. All right, welcome into The Scoop. The number one UNC recruiting podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. As you pointed out, Philly's jersey on. It was good luck last time I wore it on the podcast. So just continue that trend. Don't want to mess with the mojo. There you go. Guys, if you are watching on YouTube, you see that Don has a Philly's jersey on. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Rate, review. Uh, and subscribe on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and turn on the alerts on YouTube. And shout out to our sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt. Uh, it is Wednesday morning. Massive show today. Uh, I got a lot to talk about um, <laughs> as Don coughs. Um, we're going to talk about Aiden Duncanson, who committed to UNC. Another flip from ECU to the Tar Heels. Um we're going to get into a little bit of Don's weekly scoop. Maybe talk a little bit about the 2024 class as UNC's 2023 class wraps up. And we'll talk a little bit of team stuff as the Tar Heels um, sit at 6-1 and one with a big game versus Pitt this weekend. How's that sound, Don? That sounds wonderful. What's going on with Ross? I didn't get a chance to ask. We haven't talked. I don't know the last time we, we've spoken. Mm-hmm. I went to Puerto Rico. Oh, that's right. I didn't know if you were actually going to go. So what, what what was the layout with that? Or do you want to get to that after? Talk, if you want to ask me about it, I mean, nothing what? crazy about it, but got back uh, Saturday. So you went by yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it was good. It was relaxing, chill. You know. So what do you, I mean, do you, like, I don't know. I guess I'm just so used to playing things with a bunch of other people and all that. So what, you just get a ticket. Go to Puerto Rico, get a hotel, and just kind of just hang out. Yeah, I mean, I did Airbnbs, and look, I've, you know, been a single man for the majority of my life, done a lot of travel by myself. You have no constraints to what you can do. So you can do anything you want. I mean, yeah. it's the it's the one benefit of being a single travel man. It's like whenever you want to wake up, you don't have to wait for anybody. You don't have to, you know, you don't follow anyone's rules. And, you know, so I got up early, went to the beach at, like, 5 30 a.m one night one morning you know slept in one morning you know so it's just whatever you want to do eat wherever you want to do don't have to wait for anybody so ate a lot of different kinds of food went to the beach read a whole book um palm trees sunshine sand uh got in the water and then went to around uh old san juan which is like the big city in um in puerto rico i went to an island for the first two nights okay so I, was on a, I was on like a pretty small island rented a jeep bounced around uh it was pretty, you know, kind of a, you know, it's 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 not first world. It's not like Apex or Cary out there, you know. It's 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 not it's developing. I don't know if developing is the right word, but it's not exactly a massively wealthy country, especially on these small islands. So yeah, it's been hit by hurricanes last couple. It's not just that. Years. It's just not. There's just not much money to go around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, All right, so well- so just roughly, <laughs> this is purely curiosity on my part. How much did that trip kind of cost you for however many days? well the flight's really cheap so that's the thing there's a direct flight that was 89 dollars. all right that's good and and i had flight credit from when i tore my pec i had a trip planned 
in July. I had to uh-huh. cancel. So I had these flight credits for Spirit Airlines and Frontier Airlines. So the flight wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, it was like 150 a night for the Airbnbs. Okay, that's not too bad. Um, the one expensive thing is I had to take a taxi or Uber or whatever. It was a taxi, essentially, from the San Juan Airport to the ferry terminal, which mm-hmm. was like an hour and a half away. Okay. That was expensive. That was like a $100 taxi both, both ways. The wow. ferry was $3. That's funny. Okay. You're on a little, on a little ferry. Um, and then food was food was not bad at all. Food was... You know, a little I'd say a little bit cheaper than American food. You know, it wasn't okay. it wasn't super cheap, but I got some, you know, pretty good food and um, but it wasn't like breaking the bank at any point. Like okay. even in San Juan, like beers were really cheap in San Juan and, and uh mojitos and it's just really cheap in the city, but like on the island things were a little bit more expensive. So yeah, I mean it wasn't the, the cheapest trip, but it it was you know everything. Yeah, probably... it's feasible. No, that's cool. No, I love it. Um, yeah, I and mean... I I go a little bit. You know, I do think it's a little bit more gritty than the normal person. Like I'm not staying in a hotel. <laughs> I'm staying Airbnbs. Yeah, you know the Jeep rental was expensive, so you know I did some things like that. But... Yeah, no, no I... shopping. There's no like. I mean, there's no extra expenses. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Um, my you know even though I'm a married man and have been for I think it's eight years now. And have and have children. My wife is actually pretty good about, like, she would have let me go. The problem is, is there's just so many other things I got going on here, with you know basketball tournaments, practices, this and that. You know, so it's yeah. yeah. You have, it's you're married. You're married and have kids. Yeah, but my kids it. will be out of the house. Well, hope. Well, they'll be graduated from high school in less than three years. So. Yeah, I made a choice not to be married and have kids at this point in my life. Okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, backpack. I just brought one backpack. I wore the same Hawaiian shirt mostly the whole time. Yeah, a couple pairs of shorts. Hey, that's the way to go. I mean, people. My, you know, I don't. I don't pack too heavy when I travel. You know, yeah. and it's just so so much easier. How far would it be go? Me and you go to uh, Europe. We so at some point you and I do need to go on a dude's trip. I don't know if I you can. Ha- I don't know if you could hang. I might not be able to. A lot of walking. Yeah, I could do the walking. Yeah, I got to get you on a training regiment. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> could you handle the eating, though? Yeah. Well, I eat a lot of weird stuff, too. Okay. All right. Yeah. I had a whole uh, fish, a whole red snapper I bought. Uh, I got at one restaurant. Like, the whole fish. Oh, my. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So pull Football recruiting. Okay. All right. You see that? You see it? Yeah. So you ate it? What did you? Is that what all you ate for the whole? Three yeah, days? no, no. All right, football recruiting. As you can tell, not a lot of news. Uh, the the I guess the news we haven't talked about is the flip of Aiden Duncanson from ECU to North Carolina. Let's talk about him first. On um, safety, you know, ranked as a safety, six foot two, one eighty five from Whitfield Academy in Georgia. Uh, ranked the number 60 safety in the country, the number, well, let's go, 90, 972 player in the country, number 81 safety in the composite, and 97th player in Georgia. Um, talk briefly his recruitment, what went on there to get UNC to flip him. So essentially he took an official visit to East Carolina back in June, and on August 1st <clears throat> committed to the Pirates. Ten days later, North Carolina offered him, which completely just obviously – turned his uh, commitment on on its head. Um, 
But, you know, in similar situation played out with Ty Adams. We talked about him in the last podcast. Only Aiden was always going to take a more um, methodical, slower approach to it, not rush into anything. So he took a visit very similar to uh, Ty Adams for that first game uh, at North Carolina um, against um, um, Florida A&M. And then that his dad came with him for that. So the key was to get him back with his mom. She, for whatever reason, um, weekends don't work for her schedule. They talked about official visits. They were able to take a mid midweek visit, which was actually occurring when we were recording the prior podcast. I think we talked about it a little bit. I was texting with him a little bit during that visit. Anyway, um, takes that visit. Basically a done deal. I kind of thought maybe he would need that official visit or maybe he needed a return again for um he's talking about getting back for the um uh the, the NC State game, maybe the pit game, but all that was unnecessary and he you know went through it, talked to his parents, made sure he was sure about it, made sure um East Carolina knew before the news was made public and then announced it on um not this Sunday, but the Sunday prior, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was after we recorded that Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so yeah. UNC, the last two commitments have both been ECU flips. Um, Ty Adams, like you said, and then Aiden Duckinson. So I look at his you know, profile, six foot two, great size for the defensive back, 185. Is he a safety? Is that where the recruiting is? Yeah, that's that's the plan, the safety. Okay. <clears throat> what kind of player is he? What does he bring athletically? So right now, he's he's very – he has tons of athletic ability. You know, he's long – rangy um great ball skills can do a lot of different things but doesn't have when you watch his film he doesn't have a lot of um like like db specific training he's kind of just an athlete out there just making plays um so um he has the tools he's going to need the coaching probably a guy who could contribute to to special teams pretty pretty quickly but would probably need a couple of seasons before he can contribute in the secondary. Okay. All right. Good stuff there, Aiden Dunkson. So UNC now has 20 commitments. And yes. let's get let's get to our update portion <laughs> of the podcast. Um <coughs> Jesus. Sorry. Uh uh 20 commitments for the 2023 class. What do they lack now? Like are, are they going after anyone of any serious level that would they think they could get commits from. Yeah, so I think if signing day were today, and you know, I think they would be happy with this class, and and I don't think there's any major needs, but there are four outstanding offers still out there. There's Brandon Hillman, um, and Can you say positions. Yeah, Brandon Hillman. He's a, he's athlete, mostly UNC's recruiting him as a safety. From he's from Virginia. We also have Davon Hobbs, defensive lineman, four star guy, or, or depending on where you look at, but but uh, four star, five star guy um, from North Carolina. That North Carolina is basically is no longer a factor with. Um, and there is, I'm going to have to, I, I believe he goes by AZ, but let me get the uh, Isaiah, I, Isaiah Johnson, another Virginia kid, athlete. Probably maybe ends up at DB, could end up at receiver. And then the last guy is Jordan Louie, running back who's committed to West Virginia from Georgia. And 
And, uh, you know, he yeah. visited North Carolina a couple weeks ago. So mm -hmm. these aren't like positions of, I mean, maybe DB, UNC would like to get another DB, but these aren't like huge needs. It's more of like, we like these guys. Let's try to add them to the class sort of situations. Yeah. And you go through a lot of those in this week's weekly scoop. Jordan Louie, the running back. Um, God, we were just talking about it last night on, on the beat. I mean, the, the running back room at UNC is super crowded. Yeah. Uh, British Brooks coming back um, for next season. So it's just like they're not losing anyone and they, they're just gaining someone with, with Brooks, Brooks getting another year. So, yeah. So it's definitely, definitely not a need. And, um, we could talk about a little bit more in the, when we get to the team talk stuff, but you have a situation where it sounds like um, from reading your wonderful writing and listening to Mac Brown's um, press conference that, you know, George Petaway might not get a whole lot of playing time the rest of the year, unless something changes <clears throat> just because they've kind of have their three that they're going to roll with. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's been changing a lot. We didn't think Elijah green was going to be an impact player and he had two touchdowns against, Duke and seems to be now back in the rotation. Former, former scoop podcast, uh, yeah. uh, guest. Yeah. He, we interviewed him yesterday. Um, uh, yeah, he's a great kid. Did he remember he was on the scoop podcast? Uh, I mean, I didn't ask him that during okay. the press conference, <laughs> but I have talked, I have, I saw him in the elevator once and mentioned it to him. Gotcha. Yeah. He's a great kid. I'm sure it's one of his crowning achievements. Yeah. I'm sure he probably has that recorded somewhere saved. Okay. All right, so that's the 2023 class. All right, how about this, Don? Okay. If you were to if you were to make a little bet, does you uh, how many how many signees do they sign on? Is everybody gonna sign December? December first of all. Yeah, I don't see. It's so. I mean, this is recruiting, so there's there's things that pop up that you're not expecting. Um, as it stands today, I don't see anything where anyone doesn't sign with North Carolina of the 20. Okay. okay. Okay, so of uh, do you think UNC signs over under twenty point five? Twenty point five. I I would say over. I would go over. Okay, so you think they add a, at least one more? Yeah, I think the way things are shaping out with some of these guys, I don't want to give away too much. Some of the stuff is in the in the weekly scoop, um, but I think that there's a a good chance North Carolina has with with you know one or two of these guys for sure. Maybe the the Hillman kid or the Johnson kid, with it, or or maybe the Louis kid, or maybe I guess there's I mean really, Hobbs is probably the only one you can like legitimately eliminate, mm -hmm. just because yeah, he hasn't visited since June, and besides throwing North Carolina on all of his top schools list, hasn't really said a whole lot about North Carolina. All right, so that covers a good portion of your weekly scoop. You talked about quarterbacks, the 2024 class. Did you want to get into that now? I mean, we can if you want, but basically I'm going position by position for the next few weeks. I mean, I might take a break here and there to, to go into a different topic, but um, just to kind of get everybody acquainted with the 2024 class, because mm -hmm. that's, I mean, really, we're going to, that's going to fire up pretty quickly. Um, one of our next podcast before i got to do one of those um what is it the 10 most important or 10 10 notable names or however we did it just to kind of get people familiar with some of the new names yeah the 24 class so i think the big one right is of course you can get this on inside carolina premium subscription uh don's weekly scoop the big name is, is Jaden davis because mm -hmm. he's in state um you know, he's visited unc a bunch uh briefly what's going on there just because he's such a big name five-star kid 
Yeah, I think um, you know, he the 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 true story with him is that you know he's had all these options and he spent a lot of time visiting a lot of these schools and they're slowly kind of falling off. Like Ohio State, they picked up a quarterback, so they're no longer want, needing a twenty twenty four quarterback. Um, Georgia, which was the school that a lot of people eventually projected him to pick because he's actually a Georgia native and mm-hmm. his dad's a huge uh, Bulldogs fan. Um, they picked up a quarterback commitment two weeks ago from a 24 kid. Um, so they've been eliminated and he's mentioned that, um, Michigan is a big player in this Clemson's kind of lurking. And there's a couple other schools in North Carolina is also in there, but, um, just talking to him and even talking to people around him, he just seems like he wants a national football power, you know, and, you know, I get it. North Carolina six and one has a has a legit chance to play for the ACC championship if they do what they need to do these next few weeks. But it's just not moving the needle with him as much as, you know, as maybe a UNC fan might think. Yeah. And what's the deal with the Mabry Metiar? Metter, I think. Um, so, I mean, he's. It's weird because he actually he's supposed to return to North Carolina this weekend, which will mean that this year um, he will have made, have visited North Carolina more than Jaden Davis has. And, and, um, this, and this is a uh, three star you know, f- f- composite four star quarterback from Texas. Yes. Outside, outside the Houston area. Six foot five two fifteen. Looks kind of like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually there is a story. I don't know if it's ESPN or whoever did it where um, he actually explains how people were coming up to him asking for his autograph. And at first he was like, man, I mean, I must have made it big. But then he started to realize people thought he was Trevor Lawrence. And that's why they were asking for his autograph. But <clears throat> anyway, um, no, I mean, he's, he's kind of like the typical recruit for Longo because he's a guy that Longo has really invested a lot of time in um, from a very early stage in his recruitment. You know, he visited in January, returned for the Showtime camp, um, and is going to be back this weekend. You know, he, a Texas kid, so it's always dicey. He has some some um, options that he's interested in. LSU's involved. Um, Wisconsin's involved. Um, God, there's a, a bunch of other schools that, that are also involved. But he, but he says a lot of the positive things for North Carolina. And if you look at his actions, I mean, you don't you know pay to fly to North Carolina that frequently yeah. if you don't have a legit interest, you know? So, so I think really, I mean, between the two of them and there's always the chance that this board expands, but between the two of them, you got to think that North Carolina has the, the, the better chance with the kid from Texas. Yeah. Mabry. Mabry. Better. 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 I, All right. Good I stuff. Could be, I could be pronounced that wrong, but okay. it seems like it's, it's a lot, not many syllables or how long the word is. You know, all right, good stuff there, Don. Uh, check out his weekly scoop. That's kind of the breakdown there. Um, so yeah, all right, let's talk quickly about Johnny T shirt and Johnny T shirt.com, your one stop shop for all your UNC apparel needs. It's you know, big uh, home game this weekend. Go head over there, get a jersey, get a t shirt, get a sweatshirt, get your Christmas shopping done early. Easy to get all your Christmas shopping done at Johnny T shirt, Johnny T shirt.com. There's all these sale items. They have everything you need. If you can't find it in the store, definitely check out online. Great customer service. Local, uh, a local business, a locally independently owned business. 
And of course, all inside Carolina premium subscribers get 10% off using the promo code found on the premium message boards, Tar Pit and UNC Basketball. So definitely check that out. Um, get you a good crew neck sweatshirt, hooded sweatshirt, a jersey. They have Olympic sports as well, stuff for the tailgate, anything. Check them out. Tell them inside Carolina sent you Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com, your one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel, house, jersey, game, fan needs. Check them out, Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Couple national ads. We'll be right back with more of the Scoop podcast. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend Evan Marcel Turner the First. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now it is a do do average twenty-nine and eleven. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. All right, we're back. What's up, Don? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> get, uh, get, getting some team talk? Yeah, I mean, really, guys, I mean, the recruiting has been a little a little dry. Um, there's not a lot of news. You know, UNC's got 20 commitments. They're flipping ECU commits. There's not a lot of drama. I mean, honestly, the class, I mean, who do you think is the best player in this class? Right now, because the, the highest ranked guy is, is is 198. And what is that? Is that J. Bron? Yeah, there's no like superstars, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was this is this a little rhetorical or do you want me to to yeah, actually serious question? Uh, let me pull it up um, just to kind of. I mean, there's, there's so I think I mean, you're right. There's no like there's no when, headliner. There's no headliner. Yeah, there's no headliner. But I think that there's definitely some potential with with a few of these guys you know um you got rico walker who has all the potential in the world you know from a tool standpoint but you know one of the things that i don't know if we've gotten into it but um the the weekly scoops prior to this recent one i did like a a senior season i guess check-in with all of the the recruits just kind of looking at just you know how they're doing you know, Walker's numbers aren't great, but obviously, I mean, he literally looks like, you know, my dad playing against uh, middle school kids, you know, out there. But then like the the, the stats and, and, and I don't know, the end game is just not there yet. So clearly he has the physical abilities. It's just a matter of kind of molding that a little bit. And, you know, he's kind of forced to play a lot of different roles, not focused on one thing. He's playing like a Mike linebacker. But I mean, you know, I, I, I love Love, love, love. And I think a lot of people um, are starting to kind of fall in love also with uh, Chris Culliver. Okay. And uh, love his film, love his stats. Yes, he's not playing against tremendous competition. Some of the competition's good, though. And, um, I mean, he just constantly puts up big numbers every single week. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a stud for North Carolina. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely some, some you know, uh, Tyler Thompson was bumped up to a four-star. Let's go. You know, he's having a great senior season. I mean, that it's rare. Yeah, everyone's always like, oh, what, what did this person have to do to get bumped to the four-star for their senior season? And I'm always like, well, the odds of that happening are very, very slim. Well, Tyler Thompson is one of the few who's been able to do that. Yeah. So I but think there's thing, some potential here. Yeah, I just counted. I think there's eight four-stars now. One, two, 
yeah, eight four stars now. It's kind of like a, a weird class, not, not a lot of high-end talent, but just a lot of guys around that 200 to 400 range, you know, and that's, those are your, that's how you build rosters and build classes is that kind of low four-star, high three-star players that you develop. So you got to you kind of hope that the they have scouted well and in turn develop well, uh, and that's how you get talented players. Um yeah, I mean, kudos to Lonnie Galloway. Just, you know, it seems like the wide receivers recruiting has been really solid since he's been here. Because um, even, you know, Josh Downs, Antoine Green, you know, Antoine Green was a Gunner Brewer recruit. But Josh Downs, of course, and then just behind him, just J.J. Jones has been solid. Um, uh, who am I? Who's the guy I'm missing? The other slot guy that had uh, a big. Pesor. Yeah, Cody Pesor has been good when he's played. Kevin um, Blackwell. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot. But, and of course, the, the, Tight ends have been really good this season as well. Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> even, even without Josh and Antoine next year, I think they'll still be pretty solid. Um, you know, because they'll have you know um, the other Green, Andre Green as well. So, yeah, I think. I mean, I think um, Galloway is probably their best recruiter right now. Yeah, and he's most consistent. Um, and and some of these some of these battles that he's gotten into. I mean, Andre Green was not an easy recruitment as far as um, you know battles are concerned um he had to go up against clemson um and some other heavyweights were involved in different portions of that recruitment so um it's not it's not as simple as just pulling some of these guys it's, it's kind of battling it out for um some of these guys yeah one guy we've not seen this this year is justin olsen at all yeah yeah and he did and, play he played a lot that one year two years ago i think yeah i was hoping he was one that kind of, was kind of a late flyer um and uh a lot of positive things from charlotte area coaches about him coming out of high school and so it's you know i kind of thought maybe it'll be a little bit more yeah he's not injured right i know he was injured previously no he's not injured yeah he was injured when he got here he's not injured right now they also um you know, they had a lot of transfers too with uh joffrey brown transferring mm -hmm. and um Gosh, the kid. Emory, Emory, Emory Simmons Emory transferring. Simmons. And there's, I think there's another receiver that transferred too. So they've lost a lot too. All right. Any team talk you'll get into before we get yeah, out of here? Yeah. I, I would love, I would love to get some insight from you on the pit game um, because I think it's kind of an interesting matchup. Um, the, the one. So I felt like when North Carolina played Notre Dame, that the key was Notre Dame was able to, to get a lead. And then just kill the clock by constantly running the ball, you know, because, you know, the, the pine kid isn't me. He's, he's an okay quarterback, but, um, you know, but they, they basically wanted to keep the ball out of, uh, out of um, Drake May's hands. Pitt, I think has the potential to kind of do something similar if they can get an early lead and they have definitely the running attack to kind of do that. Uh, I, I just don't think that matchup works well for North Carolina. The, the running Pitts running attack against North Carolina's run defense. Which kind of your expectations for the game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, they have a really good running back. Man, UNT always has this year has struggled against running teams. Um, so the, the focus said it last night on the beat, you know, Israel Abenkande is a stud. I mean, he is probably the best running back in the country right now in terms of statistics. And so stopping him will be the main focus. If they can't, they'll have a long, long day. Might be mm -hmm. a shootout. But I mean, you just look at Pitt has struggled recently. They they lost Georgia Tech. Yeah, and Georgia Tech had a you know the first game with a new coach. 
They they put 10 points up against Louisville last weekend. They were winning, I think, into the fourth quarter, but they they lost to Louisville 24-10. So I don't think it's that great of a, a pit team. Um, they always have a good defense. Um, and so, I mean, I just think UNC's offense is so good. Um, yeah, so, some of these results are weird for yeah, Pitt. You yeah, know? it's college football, but yeah. because I mean, because you know, really, they – they they lost to Tennessee, which is one of the top teams in the country, by a touchdown. Uh-huh. But then you lose to um, Georgia Tech and and Louisville, and uh, I guess they look pretty good against Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, put up, put up 40, 45 points against Georgia Tech. I mean, they gave up twenty four to to Rhode Island. They beat Rhode Island yeah. 45-24. Yeah, um, and and their um their defense numbers, their advanced defense numbers are actually pretty decent. I mean, there are a lot of them are top twenty five, so it's it's really strange. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't look, I haven't studied them thoroughly. Look, I mean, <laughs> West Virginia game was close. Tennessee game was close. Tennessee's now one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, so that looks really good. That the losing only by seven points there. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the Louisville loss and the Georgia Tech loss are definitely confusing. So we'll see what what kind of game they bring. I mean, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think UNC is just always in close games. It seems. They've been every game has gone on the fourth quarter except for Virginia Tech. So you think the um, so the spread is three. You, yeah. you think that's a that's a fair spread then? Yeah, I I think it's going to be a close game. So okay. I think go down the fourth quarter. Or it's going to be tight every game. I think every game in the last couple of years with Pitt's been really close. That's not really any groundbreaking analysis here, but UNC has a great great chance. You know, Tommy Ashley last night called it the biggest game in the Mac Brown era. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but it's a pretty game, pretty big game. Because here's the thing: is is like I have to put, pull up the Coastal Division, but I feel like even if North Carolina lost this, they could they still have a really good chance yeah, to, to win was, the Coastal. That was kind of that was kind of my point. I said, well, I don't think it's that big of a game because no. they could still win the Coastal even if they lose. Um, but yeah. uh, look, going up seven, they'll have a seven and one record if they win. They'll be four and zero oh in the ACC and four and zero oh in the Coastal. So every win is against Coastal opponents. Um, and they have Virginia after that, so they have a chance to go eight and one, um, and five and zero. Oh. So and, and nighttime game, a lot of recruits in town. Yeah. So so, and this just kind of points to your point. Uh, North Carolina's three and zero oh in conference. Everybody else has at least two losses. Mm-hmm. So North Carolina can afford the hiccup. Yes, we talked about that last night too. Like they could lose this game and win out in the coastal and still win the coastal. So yeah. it's pretty crazy, man. Did you did you expect did you expect this from this team? I didn't know what to expect from this team. You know, um, I mean, I still don't know what to expect from this team. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's just so like, well, I, I, I don't know what wants to hear, hear this, but I mean, like, I feel like there's a couple, couple bad bounces in North Carolina could have lost to Duke and could have lost to um, Miami. You know, I yeah. mean, if Miami and I know if and buts and blah, 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 if, if my, if my if my aunt had nuts and all that, I, I get all that. But um, so I'm just saying, from my mindset, trying to you UNC won those games, great, that's fine. I'm just trying to project because, as you know, I like to I like to I like to throw some bones on some games and stuff. So I'm always kind of looking, okay, what can I take from the past and help me kind of predict the future, sort of thing. And so um, I look at the the Miami game in particular. Miami's not a very good team. I think we we know that now. And they don't fumble that ball towards the end on that one drive when they're driving down the field. I feel like that was that that determined the game right there. And um, yep. as yeah, people yeah. 
people who study football statistics will tell you is that um, um, turnovers are basically luck driven. So anyway, um, the Duke game was, I mean, Duke could have, could have won that, you know, um, it seems like things are going, I think Duke's a good team. Yeah, Duke Duke went down and killed Miami. Miami had eight turnovers. Yeah. I think Duke's a good team. So I think even if you lost to Duke, that's not a bad loss. But yeah. North Carolina won. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. I'm just trying to say, hey, you know. Um, Things are going UNC's way late in games. And in previous seasons under Mac Brown, they've lost a lot of close ones. Mm-hmm. So the luck's changing. You know, the old saying, like, lose big, lose small, which they have. And then win small, win big. Maybe this is kind of the winning small stage mm-hmm. as, they, as they get to next season. Um, I, you say, you know, you said like, you don't know what to expect. I agree, but I think we know that this has, this team has a really good offense yes. centered around a really good quarterback yes. with a, with an average run game, good wide receivers. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to score. I think based on seven games, the defense is below average and that's kind of what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Duke game didn't do anything to change my opinion. If anything, it reinforced the, the inconsistencies of the defense. Yeah. We'll see that against Pitt, too. I think Pitt will be able to run the ball against UNC. You know, the UNC lost Raven Hasek. It's a big loss down the middle. Um, we'll see more of your boy Travis Shaw. So, I, I mean, you would, I think you expect uh, Pitt to move the ball and to be, you know, a chance, an opportunity where Drake May has to kind of be a hero again at some point throughout the game. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um one uh, one addition to what you just said, and I actually was having a conversation with someone. Um, they were like, "Well, if something happens to Drake May, the season's done." I don't think that's true. I think that if what we were being told with Jacoby Criswell, how how much he competed, how close that battle was, then he's not going to be a drop down in talent if something were to happen to Drake May. Obviously you don't want that. You want, want Drake yeah. May to play, but I think that North Carolina is in a very, very unique position that a lot of other teams aren't in that, that, uh, you know, they're deep at quarterback. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's weird for you to just bring that up. Like about Drake May getting, no, into- no, I, maybe because I was just having a conversation. Someone brought it up. It was like, well, yeah. this is all, I don't know, man. Drake May seems kind of special. I don't know. I'm not sure how good Criswell is. I mean, Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, I'm not. Di- I'm not. I don't think they have two of those on the roster. Do you? I mean, that's kind of rare. I don't know if we know what we have with Chriswell. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think I don't think we will because I think he'll. Yeah, he'll probably transfer after this year, right? Well, that's the thing. I was, you know, one of the parts of, of the weekly scoop that I did was kind of breaking down mm-hmm. just the actual um, depth chart, and yeah, you're looking at it, and you know, next season, Chriswell. May and um, Jefferson Boas, former guest on the Scoop podcast, all have three years of eligibility heading into that season remaining. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, when you see that number as such a position like quarterback, you think, oh, wow, you know, one of these guys. Got, I mean, Je- Jefferson's probably going to stay forever. But yeah, I mean, you know. What, what was this quote? What's, what's that? Boas. I can't remember. So if you're if you're Tar Heel, you're a Tar Heel. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I have one other thing I wanted to bring up. All right, we'll get out of here. Um, Mac Brown, I was watching the the press conference. Talked a lot about how he was sitting on the couch watching the games. Um, Miss Sally was was 
feeding him and all this sort of stuff. And he was saying how he had he had one game he was watching and then one game he would go to for the commercial. I think we need to get Mac Brown in the man, man tower. Yeah, good luck. You don't think it's possible? Well, I, yeah, I, mean, I think he he embraces the manpower ethos of <laughs> laziness, food, limited walking. It but isn't well bell, right. bell, belly hanging out. <laughs> But dirty, dirty socks. <laughs> isn't that what the man tower is all about? So you know? He embraces the the ethos of it. So, the, uh... so then what? Um, what's what's the hang up here? We just got to get him there. Yeah. Well, we go to his place. Well, so I I feel like the scoop podcast has is slowly developing its own bucket list, right? So one item for me that I would like to put on the, that bucket list is to get Mac Brown in the man tower on a bye week to watch football games. The other bucket list item we've talked about before is to record a scoop podcast live. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be live, but um, poolside at Mac Brown's house. Yeah, that'd be great. So there are people who listen to this podcast who can help us out with this. So hopefully they're listening and that they're taking note. Yeah, poolside live would be great. (laughs) Um, All right. Anything else, Don? Is there a big, a lot of visitors coming this weekend for the pit game? A lot of uh, recruits. So we'll, we'll know a lot more later on, but there are a couple of major targets that we talked about earlier. I'm not going to say because it's in the, it's in the weekly scoop. Uh, hopefully you should have already read the weekly scoop, but if you haven't, hopefully you're a premium subscriber. Um, if you're not, become a premium subscriber and go read the weekly scoop because it breaks all that stuff down and gives you a little background on what's going on with each one of those guys. All right, great. I got one thing to add. If you have, if you have something kind of we're in the kind of dry months of news, if you have anything you want us to, to discuss, recruiting related or, or kind of team recruiting related, reply in the comments on the article on the on the premium message board, and we'll take those in consideration as we uh, create topics. If there's something you want us to discuss, could be something that you would throw on the Ask Don thread or something that we can evolve into more of a topic. We're happy to do that as we kind of need a little more um, news and, and interesting recruiting-related topics to discuss in the dog days here in the fall. All right? It sounds like a great idea. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, Johnny T-shirt, check them out. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. That really helps us out. Um, and, of course, subscribe and turn on the alerts for Inside Carolina YouTube. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll see you in two weeks.